Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 353 Community Psychology with Professor Mark Harner. I hope you listen and enjoy. In Unit 4, we're going to look at social and human services in the community, in schools, children, and the community. There's different ideas that have developed over the last um, few decades about what are social services and how they should be handled. Um, You know, social welfare ideas and activities usually run through the government that uh, provides people with income and other social benefits, such as um, SNAP or AFDC or or other things where there's a, uh, a lack that they need to have fulfilled. Charity or uh, philanthropy is where you have a designated uh, recipient. Um, you know, it could be someone with a particular illness or someone who comes from a disadvantaged background that that charity is set up just to help people who fit that criteria. Um, public welfare um, is where is similar to social welfare, but uh, again, it's more government regulated where um, um, you have to have, um, you know, requirements to meet the uh, benefits such as uh, work. And um, so the idea that there's a responsibility on the individual to to be able to receive those benefits. And uh, Social insurance um, is would be sort of our Medicare or uh, Medicaid system, Social Security, where you participate, you, uh, you give part of your salary into that system, and when you retire uh, or another change occurs, then you uh, receive benefits from that. Um, with regards to uh, how this affects children, that... Um, um, if a child is mistreated, there's an 86% chance that it was done by uh, either one or both of the parents. Um, it um, abuse occurs uh, more with uh, substance abuse usage by the parents, or um, uh, but it also relates into these things for uh, the children itself. That abused children tend to find themselves dealing with substance abuse, eating disorders, depression, suicide, sexual promiscuity, and other illnesses. Um, if it happens early enough, it can affect the brain development, and um, and also it affects the ability to form healthy relationships later. The um, what causes uh, mistreatment is stressors that occur in the life of the parents. It could be uh, poverty or it could be social isolation. For example, that um, you know, a single parent who is uh, tasked with raising that child and doesn't have much support at all. Um, it could also be that they parents have unrealistic expectations of what a child is supposed to do and behave at a certain age. And um, and maybe that they were raised by dysfunctional parents, and so what they're doing is really just following the model that they were taught as children. 
Another issue involving um, that community psychology gets involved with is teen pregnancy. Um, you know, that there's been talk in the past about if people are on welfare, that contributes to teen pregnancy, but the research doesn't really bear that out. Um, so usually it's not as, it's more with the, the personal characteristics uh, of the teenager that has uh, the biggest impact on teen pregnancy. But um, there are some contexts that what shapes that person's um, uh, environment, such as poverty or being alienated from society, maybe some media or peer pressure. So not every uh, young woman who was raised in these environments uh, become pregnant as teenagers. However, we understand that these uh, stressors do play a role and um, and determining whether someone does become pregnant as a teenager. When you're uh, dealing with these types of programs, whether children or adolescents, you have to take some things in mind. And one of the things is is culture. Um, you have to, for example, and if you work with uh, Hispanic families, there's um, um, it areas that you have to be aware of about loyalty to the extended family, that that's a huge part of sometimes not saying something uh, about a family member may be due to this, uh, this idea that you have to be loyal to the extended family, um, that there's a certain formality in friendship. And you may think if you work with uh, individuals in Hispanic communities that there's um, where Americans tend to be more informal in their friendships. There's a certain formality um, in Hispanic culture. And um, also with dealing with authority that the, the, the community members may be respectful of you and uh, but still kind of formal and still a little bit distant. So uh, understanding um, what happens within a different culture is important as you interact with that culture and you have expectations and, and um, as you want to work with them to bring about change within your community. Um, sometimes we have prevention programs that are dealing with uh, what we call secondary prevention. And so the teens are already pregnant. So what do you do? How to serve them, and there's a lot of um, of Christian ministries that are involved in this type of work, and different communities have different ones um, to uh, to help teens to have an understanding of preparing them to be mothers or helping them think through: Do they wish to um, to keep the child, or do they want to put the child up for adoption? Um, if they want to keep the child, how to become a good parent, and uh, what to do to prevent further pregnancies. Another group that is rapidly growing is the elderly. And so uh, with improvements in medical care, there is um, a larger group of elderly who um, are needing assistance and resources. And how does the community deal with the increased population of the elderly? And so um, the, um, we tend to think more 
of children and adolescents because we're trying to get uh, the children to have a good start and to as they go through life. The elderly, it's um, it's not been as uh, looked after as much in community psychology. It's been ignored. And so that may be an area that you have some interest in. Um, you know, a lot of elderly prefer to live alone uh, in their own homes, not to go to hospitals but uh, or nursing homes. But that is really where most people tend to, to die is in the hospital. But uh, hospice programs are available to help people at the end of life to give them care and comfort. Um, working with the elderly can uh, often some challenges, especially with new information. You um, see the picture of the uh, gentleman using the iPad and how to use that. And sometimes we assume that these technologies are too sophisticated for the elderly, but many of them are easily adaptable and they can find ways to use them. Um, they can provide ways of connection, even though physically they cannot maybe be with a group of people that they can do that through uh, social media and ways to connect. So um, uh, the technology um, can be a great tool in helping the elderly connect with one another. A huge issue that we deal with is uh, homelessness. And um, it's difficult really to understand this area because questions are, are the homeless, are they homeless because they don't have any shelter? Um, does homelessness include those who are in a temporary shelter, maybe like you have in your, in your town, where people can stay for a designated period of time, but then once that period of time is over, then they go back into the streets. And are all homeless uh, individuals alike? Um, you know, what about singles? What about families? What about people who are, you know, even children? What is the issues of uh, mental illness that have to do with homelessness? Um, we understand that um, poverty, destitution, is uh, one of the leading causes that people cannot afford to have their own home. It could be because of loss of a job or a job change or an illness on their part. Um, unemployment, you know, not being able to find a new job, and uh, so that could lead to the homelessness. Not to have adequate housing options, affordable housing options in the community. Um, high health care costs. Someone has had an illness and the cost of uh, the treatments are so high that they've lost their home. Um, domestic violence, escaping the home can be a way of, of contributing to homelessness as well. Another area is how do we deal with child care and um, you know what's the appropriate ratio of, of adults to children and um, the um, and so you know community psychologists study these things they want to find out where what's the most efficient use of the resources how many child care workers do you need to provide instruction and care for that child um, where you've got enough where the child's getting attention but you don't have too much where you're not where you're not using your resources wisely um, and 
giving proper caregiving education um, to our caregivers, making sure that they understand what are the developmental uh, milestones of kids, what are they expected to do at certain ages, and what can they not do at certain ages, and that they are accredited, that it's um, that they have achieved some sort of uh, license or, or permit that allows them to provide child care. Um, as I mentioned in the last video, um, Head Start is the largest comprehensive program of its kind in the United States. And again, it incorporates a lot of the ideas of community psychology, seeing that there was a need to provide childcare uh, within a community, usually uh, lower income communities where uh, the individuals, the mothers, the caregivers have to work and children are uh, not cared for uh, during parts of the day. So providing this was hugely important um, using the aspects of community psychology. And so it, we've shown that it has both short-term and long-term benefits for the, um, for the children. And because it's, it's been going on for a number of decades. And so this is one of the, the things that's worked well. Um, public schools, the, um, the idea that when you have a public school, you're bringing in, uh, if it, depending on the size of the school, you're bringing in uh, children from different communities and different uh, ethnic groups, different races. And that because of that, they're, Apparently becomes a sense of prejudice and how do you deal with that and how do you have children who maybe come from a more affluent part of town uh, interacting with kids from a less affluent part of town and and how does the inequality deal with the South how do, is there division or are children actually taught to interact with one another and to, um, to have more of a cohesive bond with one another um, part of the areas that deal with this is discrimination and stereotypes that occur and the idea of self-fulfilling prophecy and what we mean by that is when a child is labeled as learning disabled or difficult to manage or something like that if they had that label early on like in first grade then the second grade teacher learns about that and the idea that we start thinking about that child in that way and um, and so they're kind of starting that second year as in disadvantage and continues on through the, the, um, uh, the school years. Um, the, um, what, are the, what are high schools like, middle schools like? What's the climate of that? Does it involve student involvement? Do the kids feel a sense of community within the school? Uh, or do they feel alienated from one another, a sense of belonging? And one of the reasons that you see the influence of sport teams and things, that's the idea of bringing the, the students together to uh, get a sense of belonging to that school. Um, so do children feel safe? Do they feel like their parents or their teachers or the administration are supporting them? Um, the, uh, this idea of dropping out of school and the problems that it causes later on for children to become adults getting jobs. And um, though um, its dropout rates do are based off of uh, different races, ethnicity, genders. And uh, so trying to deal with those issues early on to have kids stay in school 
and to be able to complete it and go on and, and um, have it, whether it's a college degree or, uh, or a professional or a skill of some sort to be able to uh, provide for themselves and their families. School violence is a large issue as well and um, about making places uh, safer and you know community psychologists try to understand of putting metal detectors in the school would that do the kids feel more safe or do they feel less safe because of that um, the um, so these are issues all that community psychologists that, are, that uh, can deal with all the ones that I've been talking about are just different issues that community psychologists can um, uh, be involved in trying to come up with solutions for that community. And uh, a final one is children of divorce. And we understand just by research is that about 40% of all American children experience divorce. And, um, and not every child that goes through divorce is harmed, uh, but we know that it does uh, have an effect on many children and where they can develop anxiety or behavioral problems at school or at home. And how do we deal with that? Is that uh, an issue that the school should be involved with or the church or something? And how can we help children get through these difficult times? So all these different areas that we've talked about are really important parts of making a cohesive community and community psychology can play a big role in that. I'll see you in the next video.